I'm Charles Morris, and welcome to Haven Today, here on the eve of Christmas Eve. And this is part one in a program called The Son of David. Some songs just sound like Christmas, don't they? I don't know about you, but Carol of the Bells always makes me think about the best things of the season. And there are indeed signs that Christmas is here. For some, the snow falling gently on a front lawn. Others in warmer places, like where Haven's headquarters is in Southern California. The Santa Ana winds blowing the palm trees, a sign that it's Christmas time. I wonder what other things make you think that it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Families and friends gathering together, some of them coming from hundreds, maybe thousands of miles away. Baking tasty goodies with friends or watching Grandma make her famous fudge. The tree up in the corner with brightly wrapped presents scattered beneath. Signs of Christmas are all around us. Things have been different the last few Christmas seasons, wouldn't you say? COVID-19 has changed life, that is for sure. And hopefully next Christmas will be something back to normal, whatever normal is. But maybe the strangeness of the last few holiday seasons is enough for us to re-examine what we thought we knew. After all, is anything more routine than a normal Christmas? Is it possible that we are so used to the decorations and the festivities that we forget what Christmas really is all about? And I don't just mean that we need to keep Christ in Christmas. I mean that we need to remember who the Christ of Christmas is. We need to ask an ancient question, one that was put to music almost 200 years ago. What child is this? What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's land? sleeping whom angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch our king Gold and myrrh, 
Eaton from her album, It's Christmas and What Child Is This? Here on Haven Today and a program called The Son of David. Did you hear those lyrics in that carol? Joy, joy for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. That reminds me of something we read in the Bible before Jesus was born. In Luke chapter 1, verse 32, we read these familiar words. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Jesus is the Son of the Most High. We know what that means, at least as much as we can understand it. Jesus is God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, who took on flesh and came to earth. But what does that last part of the verse even mean? The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Why is Jesus the son of David? Wasn't he conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary? And wasn't Joseph his adopted human father? And the answer, of course, is yes. But when we read in the Bible that Jesus is the son of David, it means something surprising, something even wonderful. Understanding the answer, though, means we have to go way back into the Old Testament, long before Christ was born. Join me as we look and as we see who this son of David really is. In the bleak midwinter, all creation grows. And for a world in darkness, frozen like a stone, light is breaking in a stable for a throne. And he
Chris Tomlin from his Christmas album, Adorn. He shall reign forevermore on a haven today, special at Christmas time, the son of David. Christmas isn't just something that happened unexpectedly. It is connected to the Old Testament, and Jesus is the answer to God's promises from the beginning. Listen to the very first Christmas verse in all the Bible, Genesis 3:15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Most people don't read the first few chapters of Genesis and think of Christmas, do they? But without this verse, there would be no Savior born in Bethlehem. We know what happened before Genesis 3.15, don't we? God created the heavens and the earth. He made Adam and Eve, and he gave them everything they could have wanted or ever needed. But they fell into sin. And we know what happened next. The Lord came in judgment, and Adam, Eve, and the serpent were standing guilty before him. But here we see the first promise of the gospel. God will send a man descended from Eve who will do what Adam should have done. He will obey God perfectly and defeat the serpent Satan in the process. God didn't know Adam and Eve anything, but he promised them grace and mercy all the same. Isn't that just like our Lord? God is love, and he always has been. So when we realize that we have a Christmas verse already in Genesis 3.15, it shows us that the Bible is all one story. In fact, it's the greatest story ever told, and it's all about Jesus. Maybe this is old news to you. You've probably heard it on Haven Today many times after all. But let's think about this for a moment. Our first parents committed treason against the King of Kings. And what did the Lord do? He saved them. He promised them a savior and covered them with animal skins. And that's what Christmas is all about. Sure, we have our trees. We have our presents under the trees. We get time off from work and school. And some of us even get a little snow. But what this day really is, what that first Christmas really was, is a rescue operation. And God himself came to save his people. People tell us to keep Christ in Christmas. And that's a very good thing. But we also need to keep Christ in the Old Testament. If we don't do that, Christmas won't make any sense in the first place. Jesus, the son of David, came to save us. Christmas was the fulfillment of the promise God made right at the beginning. Emmanuel, God with us would come from the descendants of Eve. This was the great hope of the Old Testament. The Deliverer was about to come. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely Until the Son of God appear, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall 
A young musical group from East Texas called the Irwins, and O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This Emmanuel was coming. They didn't know that yet, of course. They knew that the seed of the woman, a champion, was on his way. But Adam and Eve didn't have a lot to go on, did they? Yet history kept marching on all the same. We see this promise played a part in later redemptive history as God promised to Abraham that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. The seed would come from Abraham, and God renewed this promise with his son Isaac and with Isaac's son Jacob. Soon we find out that the seed would come from Judah, In Genesis 49, as Jacob is saying his final words and prophesying about each one of his sons, we read these words. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. They still didn't know a lot about the coming one, but we know that he came from the tribe of Judah, that he was to be a powerful ruler, and that he would crush Satan's head even though he would be wounded in the process. But there's a lot of Bible between Judah and Christmas. So we have to remember what happened to the people of Israel after the Exodus. They were led in the conquest by Joshua. And what happens when the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Savior, is translated into Greek? It becomes Jesus. The people needed another Savior, a better Savior. And that is exactly what God gave them on the very first Christmas day. But Joshua died. And now that isn't very surprising. Everyone dies after all. And after Joshua died, there was no leader like him. There were judges that God appointed. But none of them did what Joshua did. And it only got worse and worse until we get to Samson. That judge only fought for himself. What a far cry from Joshua. And what a far cry from Jesus, who not only fought for us, but even died for us in our place. The book of Judges ends on a depressing note. It reminds me of the opening verses of a favorite Christmas carol that goes, Long lay the world in sin and error. You know this carol, sung for us by the Haven Quartet. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Thrill of 
A song full of hope, looking to the one who came to deliver us from the sin and the error that was in this world. This is a Haven Today Christmas special, The Son of David. The world was in darkness. The one place where hope was supposed to arrive, Israel, was not looking so great in the time of the judges. But when we turn to the books of Samuel, we finally read how the word of God came to his people. God raised up a prophet, Samuel, and suddenly there was hope in Israel like there had not been for generations. But first Samuel 4 rains down on the parade. The people of Israel try to use God like a lucky charm. They bring the Ark of the Covenant to battle, and 30,000 Israelites were killed and the Ark was captured. And when word got back to the city, the wife of Phinehas, one of the priests, went into labor. And as she was there dying in childbirth during the lowest point in Israel's history, we are left with these words. She named the boy Ichabod, saying the glory has departed from Israel. A dark day. But who was born in a stable in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago? the righteous king of kings who would deliver his people. Emmanuel, God with us. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me here on Haven Today. Tomorrow on Christmas Eve, we'll finish our look at how Jesus was the son of David and why this makes Christmas really special. We'd like to send you our 2022 calendar called Light of the World. 
for your year-end gift to the ministry. You can call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And from all of us at the ministry to you, Merry Christmas. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. George Handel wrote the Messiah by hand, from beginning to end, for every voice, every instrument, in just three weeks. He barely ate and barely slept. Early one morning, Handel's servant discovered him sitting up in bed after having worked all night with tears streaming down his face. Handel had just finished the Hallelujah Chorus, the words of which are taken from Revelation. Stop and listen again to these powerful words. Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And amazingly, this great king wants you to know him better. Visit getanchor.com.